0: the Lord God planted a garden in Eden and placed there the man whom he had formed. Yesterday, well, starting Monday, we began to read from the book of Genesis. And for several days, we, uh, Monday and Tuesday, we read from the Genesis chapter one, which was the, the first narrative, the creation narrative, whereby we understood, you know, how God created for light, let there be light, and we continued all the way to the creation of of human person, of Adam and Eve. And today we read the second account of the creation narrative. The first one is known as a priestly account, and this one goes back. It's an older version um, which speaks of not necessarily a sort of kind of scientific way because scripture speaks only of the wisdom that is necessary for us to understand the truth that all came from God that God created all he saw whatever he created he saw it beautiful so good something that is necessary and something that is that is great for us He gave it everything to us he entrusted the whole creation to us you know, from the first account but the second account he speaks to us in a little different way he's more focused on the person of adam and eve and we'll read subsequently not only how god created us placed us in the garden of Eden, but also how we were tempted and fell into sin by the inspirations of the evil one but today when we look at the the second account but he says, when at the time when, God, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, yes, he's the creator. And where there's still nothing on the earth, there's no grass, no fields, nothing. It was completely empty. And it speaks of God giving life, giving waters, light and life-giving waters that produced, you know, the, the beautiful vegetation which he created. And so first we, we hear God sharing with us his powerful gift of the living waters, waters that come from God. Later on, we'll have the image of the waters coming from the temple of God, from God himself and from the temple, and spreading throughout the Palestine, giving life-giving nourishments and and plant and vegetation. And here we have, from from that beginning, you see God created not only this whole world, but he created us. And this is what the Lord formed man out of the clay of the earth and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. And so man became the living being. There's a, there's a distinction between how God created everything else and how he created us. There's a special gift that he gave us. He, he blew the, his, into our, our, our very being the breath of life. Giving us spiritual dimension of life, spiritual dimension whereby we are able to receive God to understand and to cooperate with him. But we also know that not only did He gave us the Garden of Eden where He placed us whom He has formed us, but out of the ground the Lord God gave various trees to grow that were delightful to look and at, and, 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 and also good for food but within the tree of life, with the tree of life in the middle of the garden, and then the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's a special gift that God gave us, not only beautiful things for us, for our human sustenance, but also the tree of life, life of eternal life, life that goes beyond, beyond what we understand here and what we see before us. And the second thing that he gave us is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But there's a great significance to that, those two gifts. And then the Lord God then took the man and settled him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and care for it. The Lord gave, gave us this order. You are free to eat from, from any of the trees of the garden except the tree of knowledge of the good and evil. Because from that tree, we cannot eat because the moment we eat we surely will be doomed to die uh, God gave us the gift of everything but he also gave us the gift of choice freedom the gift of the knowledge the tree of knowledge of good and evil is a, something that the Lord although gave us everything but he preserved it for himself God is the one who can tell us what is good and evil and we see the original sin. If we were to look and we wish to call the shots, we wish to say what is good and what is evil, you know, when it comes to ending human life, abortion, whatever it may be that we wish to choose, we wish to call the shots. This is not our responsibility because life, gift of life is not in our hands. This is God's gift. Life is precious and belongs to God. We cannot choose to eliminate anyone and then we cannot call something that god calls evil we cannot call good and so this is why today's reading especially is very important for us because at the very foundation of the revelation of who God is and who we are he tells us there's certain things we do not have we have the freedom yes we share in the freedom of God we have the we, we have the intellectual capacity knowledge wisdom because we share God form us in his image and likeness and yet there's certain things that he reserved and that because we as human beings are incapable of, of, of understanding or, or giving life, life that goes beyond the grave, we cannot, this is, belongs to God, God's give to us, and also to choose, we have the choice, yes, we have the freedom, but we cannot choose to go against God, because if we do so, then, then, then we know the consequences. So that's the, the you know the source of our knowledge which is actually we'll read more about this you know how we were tempted and it wasn't because of us we followed the lord's bidding and yet the evil one questioned it and placed it placed it before us. it says no He says if you do eat you'll be like god which means you can attain being divine or being called to be a ch- child of god without god say no to god and you'll be like god which is that's the fallacy that's the error that's what we received and we know the consequences of what happened we, we have the choice and we, we cannot choose against god because there's consequences because if you the moment you eat of this red fruit the moment you partake the moment you try to force you know and and choose against god then then you surely or don't are doomed to die. Will separate yourself from the Lord. Uh, as we'll continue the readings, and we'll, you know we have a deeper even sense of the nature of sin, the nature of of God's gifts, as we continue to read from the book, uh, first book of our, of the Bible, the book of Genesis. The second aspect today is the Lord Jesus, who is teaching us is teaching us what is good and what also what is evil it's not the food that is evil but it's the you know it's it's the it's what what comes out from the heart is the sin the consequences of sin that's what's evil so you know the the scripture says today um you know this in this way god jesus declared that all foods are clean there's no such things as things will defile us because the Lord speaks to us of who we are as human beings, not our physicality, but our our our, our free will, our understanding, our, our soul, all those things. And we know that you know there's a tendency within us. You know Saint Paul speaks to us and says, you know, great as he was and holy as he was, and he says, yes, there's something in me that I know what is right but I cannot do the right things. There's something in me, and I know what is evil, and I cannot, and I cannot refrain, because, you know, he speaks of the old Adam living in him, the one who chose to uh, follow the temptations of the evil one and, and, and chose to go against God. And so the consequences of sin are still with us. We, we know that we know that we see it all around us we see ourselves we look at our heart and we see you know there's all kinds of 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 um, temptations there's the evil thoughts that come you know the you know the the uh you know the envies and blasphemies and arrogance and what all the other things which are there and you know these are the things which defile us these are the sinful things this is Especially when we look at the capital sins would be part of that, of that which Jesus says today, you know, because of of the the anger and greed and murder, murderous thoughts and lack of chastity and, uh, you know, the uh, uh, licentiousness, all these things which are there. And yet we know that this is not the last word because the Lord came precisely to free us from those things. He came to give us the gift of freedom. He wanted to restore that freedom to us, which we had from the beginning. But not only that, but he also elevated us to a new way of living because of Christ, because of what Jesus had done for us. And because um, what the Lord has done is that he came to rescue us, to redeem us, to save us. He wanted to divinize us, to sanctify us. That was his mission and his purpose. And this is what he does through his word, instructions, through the Eucharist. Today, in a special way, <clears throat> in a special way, remember um, Josephine, St. Josephine Bakita, And it's an absolutely wonderful story about her life, but it's very, very difficult. Simply, she was born to a well-to-do family in Darfur area, which is southern, south uh, Sudan. And by the, at the age of eight, around the age of eight, uh, she was the second daughter who was captured. Her sister was captured already by slave traders. And so she was taken from the family because she was well-to-do. Um, so, So they took her. And then, secondly, uh, Bakita herself, two years later, was also captured, and she was she was led, uh, tracked almost a thousand miles away from her home, and sold sold into slavery. She had several slave owners. Uh, some of them treated her okay. Some did not. And especially the last the last treatment was so horrible because she um, she was being marked you know the the it's called this scarification, which means you're you're cut and you the wounds the wounds are you put salt into wounds and then the, the cuts that you receive become permanent marks and she received hundred fourteen of those on her you know on her body and breast and stomach and arms and so she was she was scarred for life then at the age of fourteen. She was sold. Well, she was sold. Well, actually, consul Italian consul in Sudan about her, and uh, within two years, uh, she was taken to Italy. After you know, not exactly a simple uh, outcome there, but she was taken to uh, to Italy, and she became a nanny for one of the Italian families. Uh, That family sent uh, uh, sent her. uh, Sent her the daughter name uh uh the uh, she was named Alice uh um, which is used to called she was sent to uh, a community of sisters uh in uh, in Venice uh that uh they had a catechetical center and so so her daughter their daughter the family family's daughter as well as Makita was there and then she came in contact with the sisters, Conotian sisters. And from that moment on, not only was the, their daughter who, <clears throat> who received special training, catechetical uh, training, but likewise, Makita. And she became Christian. And she became Christian at the age of, of 21. And be, would you believe that she received baptism? She received confirmation from the future pope Pope Pius X. She received First Holy Communion from the Holy Father, Pope Pius X, when he was still Archbishop of Milan. And and it's very, very interesting how the Lord, it seems like he guides saints to saints. You know, I always know that saints seem to come to know saints. And in this case, Pope Pius X, who loved the Eucharist, as you know, he wanted to renew all things in Christ, especially through the Eucharist, receiving... Of the precious body and blood of our Lord, and so she received these the, the sacramental gifts from Pius the Tenth. Saint Pius the Tenth was subsequently um, the, uh, she joined the community at the age of 24, uh, and uh, and she took vows and she lived as a Kenosian sister. She was very very grateful to God for everything He gave her. There's a, towards the end of her life she one one person asked her and he says uh, uh, what would you tell those who captured who who captured you and sold you into slavery and those who mistreated you and you know and 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 she said you know he said Out kiss." I'll I'll kiss their hands and their feet because they gave me the the capacity to come to know the Lord Jesus. And she felt so happy because she felt that she was truly the bride of Christ. She says, I am the bride of the King of Kings. I am of, 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 of special type of person. No one can, can actually, uh, uh, experience this, this gift as I have. And you know, when John Paul II, uh, he raised her to the honors of the altar, beatified, and she was also canonized during the, the year 2000, the first, you know, the, the, the beginning of the new millennium. And And John Paul spoke really beautifully about her, one of the people to whom the lesson of the cross brought incomparable strength amid all kinds of sufferings was blessed Josephine Bakita, a daughter of this land, when he was visiting Sudan. By the way, Pope Francis just visited Sudan again, South Sudan. And since there was not only did he receive the freedom as a nation, but also there was problems, you know, with leadership and it became sort of like a you know, a civil war in many ways. And so Pope Francis went there trying to call him, you know, realize who you are realize the gifts that you have received. Take care of one another. And so here it is when John Paul went to Sudan in Khartoum. You know, the whole church the, in Africa, the whole church in communion with the successor of Peter turns to Blessed Baquita and implores her intercession for the whole church, for the whole land. And then he speaks, you know, in a, in a wonderful way about her. I I you know, I earnestly um, hope that my voice will reach to all the brothers and sisters of the South, like the people mentioned in the first reading. And he says, because the, the Lord wants to give a special gift. He wants to have the people realize that, that it, is, it is something that all humanity is destined for glory. Blessed Bakhita was faithful, she was strong, she confided in Christ without reserve. She showed herself a servant of God by patiently enduring troubles, hardships, and difficulties by purity, knowledge, forbearance, and kindness, like the first Christians who in the midst of persecutions of the Roman Empire showed themselves to be servants of God in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute so writes the apostle Paul uh, in a letter to Corinthians, and so speaks history of the Church of Africa. And so it is, so it was the power of God which made Baquita in the likeness of Christ into the one who enriches many, the poor slave girl who had nothing showed that she was in fact the one who had the greatest treasure And even if, humanly speaking, she seemed condemned to death, she lives. She lives just as Christ lives. Though he was condemned to death and was crucified, she lives with his life. And in her new life in Christ, this sister of ours returns to Africa today. This daughter of the Christian community of Sudan returns to you today. You, too, are being tried in many ways, and yet life is your heritage. The life which is the risen Christ has brought to you. And so, and what are the signs of life in Christ? And what it is, the words of St. Paul again, he says, although saddened, we're always glad. We seem poor, but we make many rich. We seem to have nothing, and yet we have really. In fact, we possess all things. So maybe then today, as we continue the Second Liturgy, and it is worth for any anyone of you who wants to know her more, there's a wonderful movie called Bakhita, From Slave to Saint. It was really well done. It shows her life. Um, I, I think that for all of us can see someone in her. She was human trafficked. She's a patron of those who are trafficked today. And there's many today. It's surprisingly that. In the 21st century, we still have human traffickers. We still have so many young, who are especially girls, who suffer tremendously, are sold into slavery, sexual sex slavery, sex slavery, and and abused, and 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 destroyed, physically and and spiritually. You know, today is to be the day for us as a church, where we honor. It's a special patron for the, for those who are abused in any way. Maybe we then, through her intercession, ask for an end to human trafficking in every form. And then we as human beings, that we may realize these are our brothers and sisters that we sell, we sell into slavery. We have to protect them, we have to shout, we have to speak, we have to do all things we can so that this will end. Maybe then today through Christ's power may we through his very gifts of knowledge wisdom and understanding and through his gifts of powerful gift of the eucharist and the holy spirit that we may be able to help one another transform one another live with the hope help those especially in need that our life be life of christ life of glory life that we offer our life for others so that others may experience the joys of God's kingdom, the joys of the gift of Jesus himself. And these joys will not end because they will remain with us forever. As we live in paradise, we shall share like Paquita herself, grateful to God for the gifts entering into the portals of heaven. She says, I want to live serving the King of Kings and to be the bride of Christ forever.